0: (laughs) Lewis is ready to get started, I guess we should. He's in control of the slides, so he can kind of get started whether or not I do. Um, Welcome, good morning. Welcome to Bucharest Baptist Church. Uh, Because of so many people sleeping in and and stuff like that, John has requested, when we take communion today, that you take a double portion of communion. So do with with that what you will, otherwise I think he and I have to eat all of it, right? Is that? um but welcome happy new year everyone happy new year. uh just a couple announcements before we start uh we we are having small groups this week so that's tuesday and wednesday uh tuesday at my place and wednesday both at six o'clock ish just like we do church at ten thirty ish uh but y'all are welcome to come out and join us for that i hope you do uh those can be really good times to uh, dig into the community of the church Um, I need to report that Tennessee won their bowl game so (laughs) yeah we don't know who they played but it doesn't matter they won Um, we also in this new year uh, if anybody wants to join me I will be uh, presenting at the New Orleans Baptist theological Seminary's Defend the faith conference this year we can probably sneak you in without fully registering but um, we're Presenting on uh, Lewis Tolkien and the Ivory Tower, so uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and their reactions, responses to the direction of the Academy at their time, which has bearings on our time. Uh, so if you are at all interested, that's how I get this stuff out of my system, so I don't talk about it on Sunday. I just quote beautiful quotes from them. Uh, that's in question. I need to reach out about the specific time, but it should be uh, probably Tuesday, Wednesday this week any other things that we need to announce or things that we're praying about as we get started
1: shower, on.
0: shower friday shower friday is on um, this friday so if you are anita or if you want to take part in um uh, various services meals showers things like that um feel free to join us on friday that starts we give out tickets at 7am at armstrong park and then uh we open up, up the doors at around 10:30. so if you want to volunteer to take part in that, feel free to come talk to me about that. And I believe that closes out the announcements for this morning, so let's go ahead and get started with the service. Please pray with me. Father God, we come to you this morning from so many different places, Lord. Some of us sleeping in, celebrating a new year come, God, may it be a year of joy a year of connection with you a year of health god all these things we wish for god may we also realize that in our longing for these things god we are longing for the new world that you are bringing ever near god and may we look to you for the ultimate ultimate fulfillment of these things god please be with us this morning lord in all of our distractions and all of our tiredness um god may you reach through all of that i mean you cross the boundary between heaven and earth to come to us may you cross over uh any emotional wall that is in our way of communing with you this morning god we pray all these things in jesus name so we know you hear us amen well even though it is New Year's, uh, by the Julian calendar that we all follow in our society, on the Ecclesial calendar it is still Christmas, so Happy New Year and Merry Christmas! Uh, we're going to read some, some Christmas readings this morning because of that, uh, so John if you will please start us off with reading the Psalms.
2: This is from Psalm 8. O oh Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above Hi. the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a full work because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the works, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You've given them dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. Calvin. Revelation 21, 1-6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. First heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, in the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as bride adorned her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. To wipe every tear from their eyes, death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain. And the one who was sitting on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is
0: done. I am the Alpha and (laughs) the leg, the beginning and the end. Amen. (laughs) Hear these words from Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another. You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you, hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and didn't take care of you? And you will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Let me read these prayers over you, and then we will pray all together uh, the way the Lord taught us how to pray. So if you will, um, enter into a posture of prayer, and I'll read these over you. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, our sovereign, the heavens reflect your glory, and the earth proclaims the wonder of your loving care. In the fullness of time, you crowned creation with the birth of your Son. Continue your work of salvation among us, and form us into a new creation, that as we behold the vision of a new heaven and new earth, we may sing your glory. God of new beginnings, you wipe away our tears and call us to care for one another. Give us eyes to see your gifts, hearts to embrace all creation. Enhance hands to serve you every day of our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please pray with me as Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. No. Amen. No. Good morning, church. Good morning. Let's join together in worship. <coughs> Rise, am you
1: so remind
2: Pray that we would uh, join you in what you're doing in every way. Lord, keep us watchful. Uh, cleanse us, Father, today, and uh, set us along path of righteousness for your name's sake. Thank you, Lord, for um, giving uh, all that we need. And uh, now, Father, as we uh, give back what we have in um, time and resources and all that we have, Father, for your uh, work in this community, and this church. Um, I just pray, Father, your favor um, on these gifts and use them uh, this day and every day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: to ransom us to do something that we never could and we thank you that you're going to come again to remake the world and write all that seems wrong all that is broken and all that causes pain I pray that as we hear your words this morning that you would dwell in here with us
0: and bring us into your joy in your name. amen amen Again, church, Happy New Year. I should say, everyone but here, everywhere but here, it is the new year. Here among our church, as Meg was going to remind us, uh, it's still Christmas. And I have the immense pleasure of preaching one single Christmas sermon. So please go with me, if you will, back to what we read this morning in the book of Revelation, in chapter 21. 21. I did not grow up with the church calendar. The calendar which ruled my family's home growing up was the school calendar, since both of my parents were educators. Some of us might know a little bit about that. Um, we didn't have years, we had semesters. And uh, exams stood in place of Lent, uh, both exams in Lent encouraging fasting, prayer, and mourning. Um, Our holidays were mostly an observance of days off from school rather than some historical event. The highest of all holy days were the snow days because those were given directly by God and not mediated through the school board. I have tried to institute a bit more of the church calendar in my home for my children but with mixed results. Uh, My wife has informed me that my observance of Advent is Acceptable, so the, so long as it looks mostly like the celebration of Christmas. Um, celebrating Christmas for the traditional 12 days, though, was a big hit with AJ, uh, my seven-year-old who loves things and stuff. It took me a single conversation to get him on board. He said, "Are there presents involved?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Good." Um, he was sold. For me, discovering the church calendar was a bit like experiencing a uh, reality, whereas before I had only ever experienced an approximation of it. It was like when I bought andouille from a butcher in Boston when we lived there. I'm sorry, Jake. I'm going to rag on your hometown a little bit. I did that once. It had fennel in it, which is insanity to me. Um, For the rest of our time in Boston, I would check a bag every time I came back home to New Orleans, and that bag was filled with andouille, crawfish, crystal, and Tony (laughs) Sachery's. Or again, the church calendar of my life is like a friend of ours from Kentucky who stayed with us two weeks ago. And... I made him orange juice as he was getting ready for the day by going out to our tree in the backyard and picking oranges and hand squeezing them. And he told me angrily as he drank it that I had ruined orange juice forever for him because how could he ever again drink orange juice from a bottle knowing what that bottle is trying to be and how short it falls. I remember, uh, to say something good about Boston, uh, I remember the first time I ever saw real snow. After a lifetime, being from this area, a lifetime of seeing it in magazines, I lived in South Florida for a while, Uh, I remember the first time I ever saw any snow at all, I was about eight, and my mom, who was a native Norleanian, as we were driving higher and higher up the mountain that we were on, she noticed it and thought it was litter on the side of the road and complained about it. (laughs) Um, And then, our first year in Boston, it snowed 26 feet. And I remember sledding, knowing I was experiencing, for real, the thing up until then I had only really known in theory. I remember being so confused in October when the city went around and attached 10-foot orange poles to all the fire hydrants, until the snow actually fell, and I realized that those poles were the only way that the plows knew where the fire hydrants were, so as not to run into them. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to rain on the New Year's parade this morning. Um, I am all for celebrating the New Year's parties. Our plans were canceled last night, unfortunately, for illness, but, you know, kissing at midnight the whole nine, but waking up this morning for me and reading poetry by the light of candles in our tree was a way of holding on to something real in a world which would like to approximate it but can't really. And if you ask me what the real thing is that i found in the church, I would probably tell you that it's a joy. And if you tell me I didn't need to look so hard to find joy, it's everywhere. I would smile like I smiled at my friends in Boston as they ate the fennel Dewey, and loved it. And then I would try to find ways of introducing you to the real thing for your sake. If you will allow me, and no one has yet stopped me in the middle of the sermon, so I think you will allow me. I found myself fascinated this week as I was writing the sermon by the histories of different calendars. And so I'm gonna share a little bit Uh, just of my research, something Annalise has been encouraging me to do. She's like, no, people actually find interesting the things you find interesting. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, The calendar we follow in our society with the new year on January 1, it it originated with the Roman Empire. Uh, They chose the name January and the first day of January because it's named after the god Janus, who has uh, one face looking forward and one face looking back. And it's said that Janus was the god of all beginnings, that he was able to look forward into the future and back into the past. Uh, The Roman calendar has become nearly universal, uh, though many people still celebrate the New Year's days of more traditional calendars. Probably the best known is the Lunar New Year, or what a lot of people call the Chinese New Year. Uh, You eat dumplings. If you haven't done this before, you eat dumplings and you give out money to children. It's a fantastic holiday, Mm -hmm. and I highly recommend it. Um, You also may have heard of the Aztec calendar, especially if you're on social media in 2020. Um, which, with remarkable accuracy, plotted the seasons centuries into the future and then ended in 2020. Um, The church calendar, on the other hand, it originated in Israel's exodus from Egypt and the people of God seeking to remember everything that God had done for them. They celebrated and still do celebrate the new year. uh, What in Hebrew, you've probably heard this name, it's called Rosh Hashanah. Uh, nearer to what we would know as Easter. The celebration is tied in with the Jubilee uh, in Old Testament terms, meaning God's promise to set all of the captives free, to restore the earth, to to dwell with his people and make all things new. So the reason I'm still talking about calendars in this Christmas sermon, uh, which is on New Year's, but actually on Christmas, uh, I see in these overlapping calendars the significance of this that I see. Is it's a familiar struggle between the empire and the conquered peoples with whom Christ identified himself. May we live lives which cling to what is real in a world which would have us remember only what is successful and expedient. The passage I chose from the lectionary for today is one that gives us a picture of the fulfillment of what we celebrate in that real new year, and it has more to do with. Christmas and joy than it does with anything else. So let's read it again, Revelation 21, 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me briefly. Father God, I pray as I always do. Lord, just that you would show us your truth and your word this morning. Because we know your truth will set us free. We desperately long to be free. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've said this over and over again, I know, but it's been a huge part of the Lord's work in my life over the past few years. I have been longing, groaning, waiting, not for a new year or whatever challenge it'll bring, but for a new world, which is what our passage so beautifully depicts this morning. Revelation is a book of apocalypse, which is a word that basically means unveiling or revealing. So calling it Revelation in English is very appropriate. The book is meant to reveal the world as it actually is, stripped of any kind of falsehood, lie, or misrepresentation, a lifting of the veil of everything we try to make the world to show us the real, what is actually happening all around us. To quote a good movie, welcome to the world of the real. It can be hard to take in at first. The Old Testament books of Daniel and Ezekiel are in this same genre if you need something to compare it to. Um, And interestingly to me, these are all books that were written as Israel was under the rule of foreign power. One of the central themes of the book of Revelation is is that Rome, which at the time ruled most of the known world, this enormous, seemingly everlasting, all-powerful enemy of the people of Israel, Rome, Revelation says over and over again, will one day fall. The truth of the matter, the revelation, the apocalypse, in spite of all the seeming, is that only God and his kingdom will remain in the end that is what real that's what's real despite the way things seem in our passage we find another of the central themes of the book of Revelation in verse 5 Jesus says behold or look look he's excited like a child trying to share what he's doing overjoyed trying to get the attention of his parents on the playground because she's figured out some new trick look He says, look, I'm making all things new. And he repeats a line which shows up all through the book of Revelation. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Central to Revelation is the idea that God is making all things, his entire creation, new again, like a beautifully renovated home. And in our passage, he's shouting like a child for us to look as he brings us creation itself, into childlikeness look i am making everything new i wrote the first word and i will write the last the truth is despite the way things seem the apocalypse the revelation is the point of the sermon is again look i am making everything new i wrote the first word and i will write the last That first word, look, it's repeated all throughout the book of Revelation and throughout the Bible as a whole. It's a common word, yes, uh, but in this passage and in the Bible in general, it takes on a special meaning. The simple truth is a lot of what you experience in the world, a lot of what you see in the world, is determined by where you look. Bill, I'm glad you're here Uh, this morning. uh, Over the break, Bill sent me a, a good definition of what it means to be a writer. Uh, which was mostly for me just flattering that he considers my sermons writing rather than uh, blathering. Um, But it put me in mind of of an encouragement. Henry James, uh, the great American writer, uh, once wrote to other writers, and it has stuck in my head for years. He said in his book, The Art of Fiction, he said, be one on whom nothing is lost. Be one on whom nothing is lost. Or in a word, his encouragement for anyone wanting to see the truth of the world. He says, look, behold. So that's part of what I had to tell you this morning and why I'm talking about the two calendars overlapping and which one might be true. A lot of your experience in the world depends upon whether or not you are experiencing truth or seeming. And one of the things we as Christians are called to do is simply to bear witness to the truth behind the seeming. We are meant to be agents of apocalypse, in other words. Uh, Going around, giving people glimpses, like in this passage, of the real kingdom come. Because if you're looking at everything the world is doing, the last thing you will conclude is that God is making all things new. You have to look at God himself in order to see that. I tend to listen to music on repeat. It drives my poor wife insane. Um... I'll get an album i'll get into it and I'll, I'll play it over and over again until i find another album that i love enough to play over and over and over again uh, one of the albums i've been repeating through advent and christmas tie this year is by a artist named sarah sparks i imagine her looking at her analytics on spotify and wondering why she has thousands of plays in new orleans alone um, and sarah if somehow you hear this sermon it's me i'm listening to the same album over and over again a thousand times uh, She has one song in her Advent album where the refrain is, Behold our King. And she takes up this word, behold, where she finds it throughout the life of Jesus. And uses it as a way of looking at different moments in Jesus' life. The angels say it to the shepherds at his birth. Behold, look, I bring you good news of great joy, they say. In the midst of all the pain and hardship of their time, behold, good news. In great joy look and Sarah places the phrase in her song in the mouths of the of the shepherds they say having longed their whole lives for a just king and being ruled by a terrible emperor they say behold our king and she says the people rejoiced to see then in the next verse of the song she points out that Pilate says almost exactly the same thing when he presents Jesus to the mob after he's scourged thorns shoved on his head he shouts to the crowd look behold your king and sarah points out in her song it's the same words but in that striking contrast she says the people wept to see and here again in our passage in revelation we hear christ himself with almost that same exact phrase on his lips behold look at your king so long with the angels and the tyrants of the world and christ himself I would invite you to look. Behold your king. And Sarah points out, <clears throat> now excuse me, behold, look, consider what Jesus did in the world. Consider his character. Consider what became of him and what might become of you if you follow after him and do the same kinds of things that he did. Behold, look, where is your attention this year? What are you looking at? I would invite you to look at Jesus and what he is doing in the world around us. Look at him next to the peasants sleeping with the animals. Look at him standing next to the tyrant and consider, what kind of king is this? What has he done? What is he still doing? In his own words, what he's doing is he's making all things new. That's what he was doing in the manger in Bethlehem. He was making humanity new. He's making all things new and all the people who will allow him. And then he tells us how he's making creation new. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Again, that's a phrase that's repeated over and over again throughout the book of Revelation, just like that. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But in this passage, here in this book, at the end of this book, there's a single extra word that makes an enormous difference. In my Bible, it's translated as, it is done, that same word which Christ spoke on the cross. It is finished, he said. This is the end of the story of creation, which, shockingly, is already written down for us to read. Alpha and Omega, of course, are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet, which is the common language at the time of Rome. It's what everyone would have spoken at the time. This image of being the first and the last letter is paired with another image earlier on in the book. Of revelation where two books are brought out and one is the story that we humanity are writing with our histories and the other is the book that God is writing of his creation and in our passage Christ is inviting us to look into his book and behold what he is making of us and of creation when I was a child this probably won't surprise anyone uh, bedtime stories were an event all three of us I have two brothers we slept in the bunk beds, which are now in the boys' room at our house. Uh, my dad, the lit professor, would read us classics, both child appropriate and non. Um, I remember everything from the Odyssey to through the looking glass to, to kill a mockingbird. This is all before I was 10 years old. Um, but my favorite nights were always when he would write when when we would write the stories ourselves. And that was usually around this time of the year. You know, bedtimes got a little more flexible. Uh, we call them pass it on stories this is how it would work my dad would start the story and it was usually a dark and stormy night in kingdom far away and then we'd actually gotten it going at the first real turn in the plot he would give the story to one of us to continue it kind of works like this we, he would say something like and at the bottom of the stairwell he opened the door and take it lewis and then lewis would write the next chapter but my dad would always begin the story, and thinking it back to it this week in terms of this passage, I realized that he would always end up ending the pass it on stories too. And now as an adult, I realize why. A few reasons. One, bedtime. It was never that flexible in my household. I remember several nights where we passed the story back to my dad, and he would say, and everyone lives happily ever after, good night, and walk out of the room. <laughs> But I remember, too, he would jump into the story from time to time. If we got off track, as kids do, you know, the main character, inevitably, somehow, with three boys, is in a storyline involving both parts and gratuitous violence, Um, and he would step in at the end, and with resurrections and healings, and somehow the story ended always in peace, and we went to bed dreaming of castles and dragons and faraway kingdoms. And when Jesus, in our passage, calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, I think of those nights and those stories. Then, all of a sudden, the Nativity and the Incarnation, everything we're meant to call to mind about Christmastide, starts to feel a little bit like our Father stepping in to write the story at just the right time. We got off somehow in our story, farts and violence and worse, but thankfully, our Father is going to speak the last word. The final chapter is his to write, because we, as children, don't know the right time like he does. And we lack his imagination to tell a story ending with the hope that he has. The story of creation will end. If we manage to find hope in the promises of God, it will end in peace and hope and joy. With resurrections and healing, our God is able, despite all seeming, to take these stories that we've woven around ourselves and undo the damage that we've done, and undo the damage done to us. He writes the beginning, and he writes the end. His author, Frederick Buechner, whom the world lost this year, uh, writes, he says that saints are life-givers because God, at his core, is a life-giver. That the mark of a person or place on whom God rests is life so abundant that it overflows to the people around them. So this is part of what Christ has done in the Incarnation, what we are meant to remember here in Christmastide, when we remember our God in his infancy. And, more than a new year, the new world in its infancy. The truth which unveils and speaks a true word in the midst of semblance. Christ came to fill the world with life. His birth makes our common birth holy. His life is able to overflow into ours. His story is able to encompass and redeem our stories. I invite you this morning to hold to something real, which will give you life. Hold on to the story Christ is writing in and around everything you've done and everything done to you because his story is glorious and true. In his story, you don't get to play the lead, but you do get to play and shout for joy and enter into life everlasting. I pray you would this year turn your eyes upon Jesus and allow the things of this world to grow dim. Pray with me. Father God, we are so utterly dependent upon you. God, for anything and everything that actually matters, that will actually help us this year. God, far beyond resolutions and our own strivings, God, is the work that you do to recreate the world. Lord, please work in us and do things which we cannot and change things about us which we cannot. God, until we are your creation. Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name, so we know you hear us. Amen. We to the communion table with us at John and Lewis. if y'all can come up and help me. Um, this is how I'm asking you to respond. Uh, Jake, unbeknownst to him, uh, hopefully we'll play. <laughs> um, as we, as as you feel able and moot, uh, come and take communion. And then I will read the words of institution and we will all take it together. So come get it and take it back to your seat. I was struck. Yeah. Winbeck's not here. We always oh, okay. um, I was struck in the songs you we were singing. Uh, one of the songs brought up, I, I think, as an adoptive father, it's something I think about far more than I'm sure the writer of the uh, the song thinks about, but it says that God sent his only son, which isn't isn't quite accurate. It's his only begotten son. Um, and the importance there is just that. Each and every one of us, just as we are invited to take communion with him, each and every one of us is invited to the family of Christ, to the adoption that he offers to each and every one of us, uh, because he loved us in this way, that he sent his only begotten son, um, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So that's the invitation this morning, to, uh, to believe, to communion. So Jake, if you will, (laughs) Um, comments are able. To you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. In my blood, do this as often as you drink of it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take and drink. God, we do proclaim your death, because in it you overcame death itself. God, we are gloriously raised back to life. God, we proclaim the mystery and the beauty and the necessity of your gospel in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, so we know you hear us. Amen. Amen. Before we go this morning, please join me, and stand if you will, and join me in singing the doxology. and circle I have yeah. entirely forgotten yeah, that. Like, wow, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed digging into your calendars. Uh, I, I get overjoyed about the crazy stuff. I remember some patty decision stuff already, not me. Oh, really? Okay. It gave, showed up as your number. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I, I have long thought about that Henry James quote. Um,